Hi, this is John from Prodigal Church. We want to thank you for listening to this week's teaching. The best way to watch and listen is through our Prodigal mobile app, available at your app store. We hope you are moved to love God and others in a greater way. Now, let's dive right into this week's teaching. Welcome to Prodigal Church. Uh, We are so glad to have you with us here online. And if you are watching this on Sunday morning early, you'll have time to be with us in person at Fort Washington Elementary School Courtyard at 10 a.m. We are grateful that you are here sharing your Sunday with us here at Prodigal. And this is the finale of our Life Sermon Series. A couple weeks ago, we looked at the first 10 years of life and how God in some ways was calling us back to that childlike faith that we once had, that innocence that we had as children. And then last week we looked at the teenage years and and the culture in which our teenagers grow up now and the one that we grew up in. And this morning we finished our series by talking about the rest of our lives, right? This uh, adulthood, real life, and it's not always fine and dandy. Now I want to see if we had similar childhoods Uh, by sharing this little playground rhyme, right? Whenever you saw a boy uh, and a girl at recess, you would say something on the lines of Katie and Tommy sitting in a tree. K-I-S-S-I-N-G. First comes love, then comes marriage, then comes the baby in the baby carriage. Okay, we went to the same school. Great, you and I, we grew up the same. And this song was one of the first ways that I began to kind of picture a timeline of life, right? First comes love, then comes marriage, then comes the baby. Uh, That was what I thought. But life is messier than that, right? Sometimes it's love, baby, marriage. Sometimes it's love, heartbreak, and then heartbreak again. Sometimes it's baby, divorce, and now I'm not so sure about this marriage thing right? We as kids on the playground, we were right and we were wrong. We hadn't lived enough. Uh, We didn't understand the depths of our heart, nor the depths of our heartaches. God is for you. So no matter what has happened in your past, God is for you. No matter if you're single, married, or divorced, God is for you. God loves you. God isn't mad at you. God's not disappointed in you. His primary posture towards you is love. And God wants an ever-growing relationship with you, no matter where you are spiritually, no matter where you are relationally. Now, Sarah and I, uh, we have two kids. And and when I would think about seasons of our life, and even seasons of our life together as adults, One or both of us has said many times, remember how nice it was before we had kids. Now, we love our kids more than life itself. I wouldn't trade them for the world, but sometimes, often, we think back to the days when all we had to worry was about ourselves and we didn't have to carry and worry about these tiny little humans that we're in charge of. Now, those of you without kids, you're probably thinking right now, wow, that's so messed up. And then those of you with kids are probably thinking, I'm glad somebody finally said it. It's a drastic change. And notice that there are other changes. By e- with each season, uh, changes happen all the time. The only thing that stays the same in life is that it will always change. Uh, with each child that you add to your family, it brings about changes. Just take, for example, a mother's wardrobe. With the first baby, you begin wearing maternity clothes as soon as your doctor confirms you're pregnant. 
Oh, that's great. With your second baby, you wear your regular clothes as long as possible. And with your third baby, your maternity clothes are now your regular clothes. Okay, and then let's look at the pacifier. Okay, my house, we used to call it the bobo. So if the pacifier falls out with the first baby, uh, you put it away until you can go home, wash it, and boil it. Your second child, uh, when the pacifier falls on the floor, you squirt it off with some juice from the baby's bottle. And then with your third baby, you wipe it off on your shirt and you pop it right back in. Okay, that's truth. And then lastly, at home, okay? Your season, your life at home changes with each child, okay? Your first baby, you spend a good bit of every day just gazing at your baby, just staring at your baby, marveling at the wonder of God's creation. Um, and it just brings you so much joy. With your second baby, you spend a little bit of every day watching to make sure that your older child isn't squeezing, poking, or hitting your baby. And then with your third baby, you spend a little bit of every day hiding from your children. Okay, it's okay, this is a safe place. Life changes so fast. Now, if it sounds like I am down on the family life that season, I assure you I am not, okay? I love being married, I love being a dad, I wouldn't trade this season of my life for anything. But I am stressing the difficulties of this season to show that there are difficulties in every season. You see, in adulthood, there are lots of seasons. And there is a tendency for every one of us to downplay the benefits of the season that we're in in order to amplify the benefits of another. The single person pines away for the intimacy of the married season of life, and the married man or woman romanticizes about the freedoms that we enjoyed when we were a single person. I don't want you to do that. Don't miss the benefits of now because you are fixated on the benefits of then whether it's then of the past or then in the future. Don't postpone your happiness. Live every day fully. Live it well and live it for God. Don't delay or postpone your happiness until you get to the next season. God's saying, I've got you in this season with this purpose, in this, with this relationship, in this family for a reason. There's a reason for the season. That does, that's not just true during Christmas. If you are not content with God in this season, you won't be content with a person, a house, a better job in the next season. Learn to be content now. Learn to live in contentedness in every season of life. And the Apostle Paul says this to us. He tells us this in his, in his beautiful letter to the Philippian church. He writes this in chapter 4, verse 12. I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. Uh, I, 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 I've, got, I've, I've had a lot, I've had a little. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I, in every season of life, I've learned the secret of contentedness, he says. And then verse 13, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Verse 14, yet it was good of you to share in my troubles. Paul says, I've learned to be content in every situation. 
And he says something that we all need to hear, that you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. And that is a promise. That is a reality. That is a truth. If you are going through something difficult right now, if you're going through some hardship, some suffering, some problems, some issues, some struggles that you keep falling into, you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. And that is a promise. But he adds this last line, and I'm not sure I ever noticed it before. Verse 14, yet it was good of you to share in my troubles. I can do it alone, and I can do it alone because I'm never alone. It is Christ who is always with me, and he gives me strength. Yet, it was good of you to share in my troubles. He is writing to a church that was there for him in his seasons of difficulty. But we need people to help us be who we're called to be in every season of life. And I think the danger for many of us in this middle age season of life is to focus too much on the goods around us and not as much on the good within us and between us. The neighbors got a new car. We try and keep up with them. We look through our Instagram and they're taking a, a nice trip. Well, I wish I could afford that. And we begin to look at the goods around us instead of the goods between us and the good within us. Relationships are more important than anything else. There's this movie that came out several years ago called Into the Wild. Maybe you've seen it. Uh, the music's by Eddie Vedder and that's great by itself. But it's a, powerful, it's, a, it's a powerful story, a true story, about a young man named Christopher McCandless, also known as Alexander Supertramp. And Christopher uh, graduated college at 22. And on the day of his graduation, he gave away the $20,000 that he had in his bank account um, and gave it away to help eliminate global poverty. And then he set out on a journey away from his past, away from the constraints of modern life. Eventually, he hitchhiked his way to Alaska and made a home in the wilderness in an abandoned bus where he lived the final three months of his life. His journey was one of longing for happiness, longing for contentedness, longing for peace. He had a, a strained relationship with some family back home and they may try to reach out for him, but he was gone. He left all that behind. He ran away from the past to try and find some kind of peace in the future alone. Many still to this day hike out to this, uh, where this abandoned bus was uh, almost as a pilgrimage because they saw, see so much of themselves in the story of Christopher McCandless. And one of his final journal entries, him alone in an abandoned bus for months, with no people around him. He wrote, happiness is only real when shared. God has made us to be connected with one another. If you ever feel like you're alone, or if you feel like maybe God doesn't have uh, the right people to be placed into your life, I just want you to, to just Go put your hand on your stomach and feel your belly button. Your belly button is a testimony that we were made connected to someone else 
and we are made for connection. We're made for human connection. This is the gift of life. Happiness is only real when shared. We lose this and we begin to think that happiness is found in things rather than in people. Now, let me explain it this way. I need you to do something right now. I want you to think about some of the worst decisions that you have made in your life. Okay, choices that have had destructive consequences. And we've all been there. We've all made these kind of bad, boneheaded decisions. But think about the bad decisions that you made and the consequences that came from them. Now, imagine that you had three dials. These dials represent the strengths of three different relationships throughout your life. The first dial represents your relationship with your parents. The second dial represents your relationship with God. And the third dial rep represents your relationship with others outside the home, perhaps other influences, positive influences, godly influences. Now, imagine you get into a time machine. You go back to any point of your life. And in that moment, you are able either to increase one of those dials or decrease one of those dials. So you increase your relationship with God. And now you, you, you're in this situation where you have made some bad decisions or you're about ready to make a potentially disastrous decision. If you were to just turn that dial up a bit, your relationship with God, would you have made the same decision? Or other times you may increase your relationship with your mom or your dad, and that would have helped you in that moment. Or that one person who influenced you uh, in a negative way, could you turn down their influence in your life? And would you have made the same destructive choice? What you would find is, if you were to simply increase the right relationships, you would most likely avoid all of the biggest mistakes and regrets of your entire life. Those bad choices you made earlier in your life, the, the ones that had so many consequences, they may have been different if we turned up the dial on the right relationships. Yet it was good of you to share in my troubles, Paul says. So why wait for the time machine for our families? Let's increase those dials now. Why wait for a time machine to increase our relationship with God to avoid the painful decisions we make? Let's turn up that dial now. Whether you have kids or not, let's get those dials dialed in. But it's so difficult because there's this huge trend that's affecting all of our families, mine included. The temptation is to make our kids experience rich and relationship poor. We would never put it this way. But part of the reason is because we often want our kids to have the experiences maybe that, that we didn't have growing up. So we want them to be experience rich, right? They get in all the right activities. They get all the best grades. They get in all the right schools. They get all the best programs. They get all the best toys. They're experience rich. And it's often, all too often, to the neglect of relationships. It's all too often at the expense of getting those dials turned up. And here's what we know as adults. When you get to your 30s, 40s, and 50s, it's your ability to develop wonderful, loving, and lasting relationships that make life worth living. It isn't the experiences. When your child turns 30, it won't be their experiences in sports or school or activities that they'll draw from. It will be from their relationships. 
And experiences are wonderful. I'm not trying to downplay experiences for our kids, but our temptation is to provide an experience-rich life at the expense of relationships. Everybody gets to gymnastics and everybody gets to the ball game on time. Everyone gets tuition paid for, but we never have dinner together. We're busy, 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 but I can't tell you the last time I looked into the eyes of my child and was in awe and wonder at the gift that God has given me in them. I can't remember the last time that we looked intently at one another and had a five minute meaningful conversation. Is your house, is your home, is your family, is your life in whatever season you're at more about being experience rich? Because often that neglects relationships. Happiness is only real when shared. We often measure our family life by our kids' activities or by GPA, but we rarely measure the depth, maturity of their relationships. Their relationships with family, their relationships with God. And we do the same with God, right? Church and a little bit of God becomes one of the countless other activities that we just put in. We add it so that they can be experience rich. We make church part of the experience lifestyle when it should be part of the relationship lifestyle, right? But church isn't Pilates. It's not gymnastics. God is not just one more thing to make your children experience rich. We've given them everything, but sometimes we haven't given ourselves fully. Happiness is only real when shared. Matthew chapter 21, Jesus says this, but what do you think about this? A man with two sons told the older boy, son, go out and work in the vineyard today. And the son answered, no, I won't go. But later changed his mind and he went anyway. Then the father told the other son, you go. And he said, yes, sir, I will. But then he didn't go. Which of the two obeyed his father? They replied, the first. As we close this series, this is a really simple teaching, right? It's not about what you say. Jesus knows something here. He knows that later becomes never. We know this with our kids, right? Go clean your room. No, I'll do it later. No, I know. <laughs> later means never, okay? Go clean your room now. Teachers know this. I'll get my assignment to you by the end of next week. No, later becomes never. Your mom knows that later becomes never. So is God calling you to something today? Let's not wait. Life is a gift. Love is the point. Let's not wait and postpone our decisions, postpone the greatness we find in Jesus. Let's not postpone the calling that God has on our lives to be fully present, fully here, fully the father God's called me to be, the husband God's called me to be, the brother, the, the son, the man of God, the, the pastor that God's called me to be. Let's not postpone it for another season of life. God says, today's the day for salvation. Let's do it today because later becomes never. There's an ancient fable a story told in an ancient land. And it was back in the time when, when men were allowed to have multiple wives and there was a middle-aged man and he had one wife that was old and he had one wife that was young. And each of them loved him very much 
and desire to see him like herself. And he wanted to please both of them, and he yielded to their every whim. Now, the man's hair was turning gray. Some of you guys can relate. I know I can. Which the young wife, she didn't really like it because it made her look too, him, him too old for her. And so every night she used to comb his hair and pick out all the white ones. But the elder wife, yeah, she, yeah. She, she saw her husband going gray with great pleasure, but she didn't like to be mistaken for his mother. So every morning she used to arrange his hair and pick out all of the black ones that she could find. And the consequence, of course, was that the man became completely bald. The point of this fable is that if you give to all, you will soon have nothing to give. How much better is it to remain true to Jesus? Give everything to Jesus. Don't give everything to your family. Give your family to Jesus and you get something so much better. You may lose some of those experiences, but what you gain in relationship is so much more. Increase those dials. Don't give everything to your marriage. Give everything to Christ and you'll become the kind of husband that Christ has called you to be. The kind of husband who gives up his life for his family, who loves uh, his wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Give your job to the Lord and it can become a life-giving job instead of a life-draining job. Don't give everything to your work. Give everything to Christ. Give everything to God and he gives so much more back because you can't outgive God. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for this gift of life. Thank you for this season of life. Whatever season we're in, whether it's young, whether it's more mature, whether it's middle-aged or, or single or, or dating or married or kids or, or no kids, God, whatever season we are in, may we have eyes to see the goodness around us, to fully lean into and love this season. And may we have ears to hear what your spirit has to teach us in the middle of where we are right here and now. And so God, we pray in Jesus' name that what you have called us to and who you have called us to be would not become something later because later becomes never. Help us to make the right choice, the right decision here now in Jesus' name, amen.